I mean, I am so proud to be an American. Actually, she said I was about to take my own life. That you're not alone and that your brain is lying to you and that people do care about you and you will be missed if you're gone. I lost my daughter. She died by suicide. And I looked at him. I knew he was dead. And then I had to go treat the guy who shot him. And don't give up. Negu. N-E-G-U. Never, ever give up. Thank you for tuning in to this special series of Faith in Your Recovery. We're coming to you live from Lucas Oil Stadium at the Fire Department International Conference. We hope you enjoy these stories from the front lines. Stay tuned and God bless. Welcome, folks, to another episode of Faith in Your Recovery. I'm here today with Kelsey Aaron of Indianapolis. Welcome, Kelsey. Thank you so much. Hey, it's good to have you with us. Go ahead and tell the folks, introduce yourself to them with some personal points, things you'd like for them to know. Uh, My name is Kelsey Aaron, and I'm the Area Director for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention for the Indiana Chapter. Uh, We cover all 92 counties here in Indiana, um, and we're really excited to be here at FDIC with worldwide peer support. Go ahead, explain to the folks what you guys are about there at the... uh... Go ahead, you'll have to label it again. I got suicide prevention from it. The American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Our mission is to um, save lives and bring hope to those affected by suicide. Um, We're a national organization, so we have a chapter in all 50 states in the United States. Uh, We're the largest private funder of suicide prevention research. And from that research stems evidence-informed programs and resources that we're able to bring back to our Hoosier communities. So, Kelsey, along with that, I'm going to guess that you serve a lot of the emergency medical service personnel. Is that a main focus or just a part of? It's just a piece and a part of what AFSP um, targets and and, uh, works. We we know that suicide impacts everyone, um, and certainly in the emergency medical department, they're absolutely our first responders as well. Um, But we work closely with um, all sorts of different organizations, places of faith, Um, businesses, uh, mom and pop shops, schools, uh, local police departments, sheriff's departments, uh, firefighter unions and firefighter departments. Wow, it sounds like you're hitting a broad range of folks with just, you know, some pretty some pretty tough needs there. We do. We have, um, we're volunteer based, so we have incredible volunteers all across the state um, that are either been directly impacted by suicide, where they've lost a loved one or a close friend to suicide. They struggle themselves, and what we're finding now more too are people who are just passionate about mental health that want to help too, so we're really appreciative to everyone who volunteers their time to um, make our Hoosier community smart about mental health. Mental health has really risen to the top in the last couple of years here. I'm sure that COVID helped make that happen and also increase the need. It brought visibility to the need of something that we've all had all along. And it provided the opportunity for um, organizations like ours and the community partners that we have at the state and and national level uh, to really come together and make sure that we are being the voice for all Hoosiers um, and all Americans to make sure that their voices are heard, um, that they have the resources that they need to either support themselves or someone that they love or care about. So let's say I've got a loved one that I care about and they've had those suicidal ideas they've talked, they've mentioned it. What is the next step I need to take? 
Absolutely. So um, high level because we have trainings and things like that for people to attend. Um, but it's important to have direct conversations. So if I'm worried about someone, I want to make sure that I want to ask if they're thinking about suicide or thinking about killing themselves. And then I also want to make sure um, to identify if they have an active plan or not so that we can make sure we keep them safe. Um, our safety is top priority too. So we want to make sure that we're keeping ourselves safe and not putting ourselves in harm's way. But making sure we're having direct conversations is key. Um, we have a really great online resource. If you go to afsp.org backslash real convo, um, there's templated guides um, it's not in replacement of the trainings or workshops that we offer, um, but it's a really great guide um, on different ways. So if someone, just to have conversations about mental health, someone tells you that they're thinking about suicide, there's a guide around that um, and things like that too. So that's a really great resource um, to have on hand. So I can guide them to those resources. Let's, you know, let's say we played out those resources yeah. and we need something more than that. Yeah. What's the next step? It depends. Each situation varies, but making sure that they have access to the resources um, depending on the scenario. So that might be an emergency room department. Um, it might be getting them into um, services and care for ongoing treatment or, or something like that too. Okay. So it really just comes down to that original honest conversation where you can talk directly in private and make sure um, that they have the tools and know what resources are available to them. And sometimes it means us helping them do those things depending on the severity of what's going on. They might not be able to be in a place where they can advocate for themselves uh, to call those doctors or, or therapists. So depending on the relationship, kind of doing that alongside them so that they have the support and the follow through to do that is also helpful. So you will help them hook up with, you, you will resource them out at times if it's beyond what you guys believe your package is about? Absolutely, yes. Okay, that makes total sense. Thank you for that. What led you into this kind of career? What what piqued your heart? What happened in your life, yeah. I'm going to guess? Yeah. Share that with us. Um, in 2001, uh, we lost our dad to suicide. Um, and my brother and I were both in elementary school. And we went 13 years without resources um, and without connecting and talking about how he died. We knew that he passed away. We knew that he struggled um, with addiction. And we knew that he struggled with his mental health because we were living it with him. Um, but we didn't get to talk about how he died um, until I actually ran into our chapter chair um, and um, the founder of our chapter um, at a Starbucks. And I heard her say the word suicide prevention and I'd never heard those two words um, put together. How uh, old were you at that time? 25. You were 25 when your dad took his own life? I was 11 when my you dad died. You were 11. And when then I was 25 when we got hooked got up with you. AFSP. Thanks for that clarification. Yep. Yep. Yes. All right, go ahead with that. Um, and through that, we found out that we actually have three generations of suicide. So my dad's dad died by suicide. And then also his grandma. So it's three, genera or three generations on my father's side. So became very important to me and my younger brother to make sure that our generation, um, that includes my cousins, it wasn't going to be us. And so I started volunteering. Um, and then four years ago, next week, um, I became staff. So I'm the staff partner and work along um, our volunteers. Well, congratulations yeah, for being you. where you're at and all that. It's a much needed occupation, even if we don't like to think about it. Yeah. Just for any comfort this may bring to you, my mother was a suicide when I was 21 years old. 
Uh, she took my car that morning, drove to a train track, and waited on the train. Mm. You know, as you look back, you always see flags. I don't know. At your age, I was much older, and so we're all going to process things differently. But I can remember seeing the flags now, and then others reminded me of other flags that right. I didn't know to look for. Right. I think that brings up a good point, too, because so oftentimes... Uh, we might notice certain things that just seem off about someone and our friends might pick up on something and spouses might pick up on another thing and children might pick up on something. And if we're not communicating, that's where the gaps fall. And so similarly with my dad, there were things that my mom saw that were weird. There were things that his employers saw that were out of normal for him. Our neighbors saw things, but no one was talking and putting the pieces together to say, you know, there was a lot happening. Um, and it's always hindsight, too, when we oh, look back and, and things like that, too. And so we know that suicide can be prevented. That's not to say every single time. But the more conversations that we have together to support one another, the more people will be able to help. And that's, that's powerful. We've got to be able to voice our need, even if we don't say it directly. Absolutely. We've got to read between those words and lines. Yeah. I'm not telling you anything yeah. you don't know. And we have to assume that we're the only ones that are going to reach out. So oftentimes, I know in our situation, but in several others, you know, I thought that his wife would have said something. I thought his her sister would have said something to her. I thought, you know, their kids would have noticed and said something. The worst thing that could happen if we all speak up is that person knows that the neighbor cares about them and their coworker and their sister-in-law and all of those things. And sometimes that one person might have been the only one to say something. And so we want to assume that we're going to be the only ones that say something. Yes, we can't leave it on someone else, can we? Because yes, then sir. it may not get done. And of course, in hindsight, you always have the woulda, coulda, shouldas. Absolutely. And you can beat yourself to death with that. And it's not going to change a thing. Absolutely. Other than maybe make you more aware for someone else around you. Yeah. And give you those flags and signals. And for individuals who have lost someone by suicide, we have some really great programs. Um, we have a healing conversation program where we have trained volunteers who are a little bit further along in their grief journey. And we're able to, we try to pair them with like loss. So if someone has lost a child or a cousin, or um, we even have uh, Skip is on our healing conversations team. So if anybody's lost a coworker or a first responder, we connect them with like loss and they gives them the opportunity to share a little bit about their loved one and help get them connected to resources a peer-to-peer. It's not in replacement of therapy, um, but we know sometimes, too, families can lose the same person, but their relationship to that person is different. So when my grandma lost my dad, that was her son, and my relationship with him as my father was different. So we both lost the same person, but our relationships were different. And so being able to connect with someone who's experienced that and help them along in their grief journey or help support them in the way that they need is really key, and we found that to be very helpful. Uh, I'm a total believer in peer counseling, peer support. I'm not saying it's got to stop there, but I believe that's a great place for a, it to start. A good starting point. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because you can recognize in me, I can recognize and relate to you. Absolutely. And no two situations are the same. We understand that. But there are enough likenesses we can start to see there's something going on that's not healthy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So let's just say there's somebody out there listening in who they've got a loved one who's dealing with those thoughts. How do they get a hold of you folks? 
You can go to AFSP.org. Um, if you're in Indiana, you can go to AFSP.org backslash Indiana. Um, if someone is in direct distress, um, if it's an emergency, call 911. Um, also, the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 1-800-273-8255, or it's 1-800-273-TALK, spelled out. Um, they're a great resource, and they can connect you with local resources. And then also the crisis text line, which is 741-741. You just text anything to that number, and then a um, counselor will text you back. That's a really great one for people who might have anxiety, who don't want to talk on the phone. Um, or um, even my brother has used that. He used to be a social worker, and he was in a visit with a family, and he the mother was in distress. He hadn't been in a situation how it was happening with her and so he was able to text under the table to get help and then coach along that way so it those resources are great for individuals who are struggling or if you're the helper because a lot of times people who are struggling might not be able to reach out for that help and again you said that was 741 741 that's the crisis text line and then the suicide prevention lifeline is 1-800-273-8255 and folks we hope you're taking down this information our prayer is that you don't need it now and you never do but you may be with someone who does absolutely and you could be their last lifeline it doesn't make you responsible let me ask you a personal question from my own personal experiences. I went through those woulda, coulda, shouldas. I didn't have anybody to guide me through them either, as you mentioned earlier. It took me eight years, and I can almost give you the date that I finally found peace. It wasn't about me, mm -mm. that I had not created this, even if she had taken my car, and it took me eight years to get angry mm -hmm. at my mother for what she had done. Yeah. And through that, I didn't love her any less. Right. I, I had come to understand her in ways I'd never understood her before. Right. But it took that kind of time for me to get to a place to where I could truly start to deal with it in a healthy way. Uh, what do you say to folks who have gone through this and are struggling to find a way to deal with their loss of a loved one? Absolutely. We know that there are different cycles of grief, and sometimes we cycle back through it a hundred times, and sometimes we don't hit all of the things in the cycle. Um, getting connected with other people who get it is important because sometimes you just can't describe why you're feeling angry or sad or overwhelmed or any of those emotions that you might be feeling. And when I'm around other volunteers who have experienced, I don't have to explain that it's the anniversary of my dad coming up or his birthday's coming up or my birthday's coming up. Um, they just get it and they know and we don't have to talk about it all the time, but they just get it. And then there are times when I do need to talk about it, but I don't want to upset my brother or upset my grandma or my mom, that there are people that I can just say, like, I really miss him, and I'm not going to trigger or upset them and where they are in their healing journey. Um, and that's not to say I don't talk to them about my dad, but sure. it's just really great outside of that nuclear core people who knew and loved my dad, that there are other people who help keep his memory alive um, as well. Yeah. Uh I, I believe in the old adage, it takes a village. Absolutely. And, and in this, it's just as true. Absolutely. I don't think we always apply that, but there's somebody out there 
who can relate. We may have to dig to find them, and there are ways to find help. Absolutely. And what is the the first thing you'd say to those who are out there listening who may be going through these thoughts of suicide, these ideations, these plans? What would you like to say to them as encouragement? That you're not alone and that your brain is lying to you and that people do care about you and you will be missed if you're gone and that there are resources out there and that people want to help you. And so if you are feeling that way, tell someone. And if that first person doesn't believe you or they aren't taking it seriously, tell someone else until you get the help that you need. And, and yeah. The answers that you just gave me right there sound like the list of excuses so many use or they've rationalized in their mind or their brain has lied to them and told them, nobody cares about you, you don't matter, nobody will ever know you're gone. You just gave the answers to all of that that none of that's true. No, none of it is true. Yeah, and I'm convinced and I've been this out throughout life, our self-worth, our our own personal value is greater than we think and we mean more to people than we'll ever know. And I think part of that's important. It keeps us humble. We don't need to go arrogant on the other direction. Right, but sometimes we need to be loved a little louder when our brain is telling us that we're unloved. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good phrase, loved louder. I like that. Not sure I've heard that. Listen, what else is it you would like folks to know out there who may be battling it or they're facing it personally or with their loved ones? We have a lot of events coming up so that you can meet other families and other people like you. Um, We have our Out of the Darkness walks that are taking place this fall. There's one in Anderson, Indianapolis. We have 11 across the state. And if you have family or friends in other states, there's walks all over the country. Tell the folks. Including Hawaii. Whoa, I'd like to go (laughs) there. I'll go represent you guys. Me and Skip and you can go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tell the folks what an Out of the Darkness walk is. Yeah. So Out of the Darkness walk is a walk to fight suicide. and we have uh, campus out of the darkness walks that happen in the spring and then community out of the darkness walks that happen in the fall and it's a great way to bring the community together there's a lot of community resources so it's a great way too if you don't know where to start there's a lot of different community resources and community support that comes out that we partner with Um, there's usually um, there's speakers either people who have lost someone by suicide or have survived the suicidal ideation or suicide attempt who are far enough in their grief journey or um, their healing journey to be able to share their story safely. Um, there's usually uh, Skip gets uh, Jack the donkey who comes to the Anderson and Indy walk. So there's a lot of family friendly um, fun activities too. And it's free to register too. So we don't ever want finances to be a barrier for people to get access to help. That's so important anymore, especially in today's society. We've got to not necessarily have answers, but eliminate excuses. We don't have to tell somebody that's what we're doing, but that's part of our job, I think. Absolutely. To just get the door a little wider open to where you think even I can go through that door. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Kelsey, as you know, the name of our podcast is Faith in Your Recovery. What does that mean to you? I think it's important that... 
I think we're all recovering from something, whether it's past traumas, whether it's addictions, whether it's loss, whether it's just life, um, and making sure that we stay grounded with a higher power um, and stay in tune with, with whatever that might be for us, for that individual. I know that it's different for, for anyone. Just making sure that we know that there's a bigger purpose for each one of us and that we're meant to do this life together and not alone um, and things like that. I like that. Thank you. I am of the belief I take it as a personal challenge. My gifts, my spiritual gifts are encouragement and service. I want to help folks become the person God created them to be. Not to be me or to be anyone else other than the best version of, of themselves. themselves. Yeah. yeah, I love yeah. that. And I think when we get that together, we're going to come together better as a society, as a culture. Uh, that body becomes more complete. Yes. So is there anything you'd like to close with? Just thank you. We, we love partnering with everyone, and we feel very fortunate to be able to get to do this work together. And it's only together that we'll be able to really make strides in saving lives and, and um, getting resources out there. So we appreciate you all. Well, the idea of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, I'm not connected. I know it's a resource that is available with the experience of my mother having been a pastor for 35 years, I've dealt with it more than once, and it's a tragic loss, and it's not a loss any of us want to see occur. So thanks to you for being there, your cohorts, everyone else. God bless. Thank you for joining us today on Faith in Your Recovery. Thank you.